Radio. Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Hello. Hello. Good Hi. morning. Hi, how are you? I almost said good morning too, and then I was like, what if they're listening to it at night? I don't care. Good Doesn't morning. Matter. Good morning. No matter what. No matter what. <laughs> Welcome back. It's episode 157, Jeffrey Dahmer, part four. And before we serve this episode up, uh, <laughs> if you guys want to check us out on Age of Radio, you can. Go to ageofradio.org slash dead. Listen to episodes, shop the bazaar, listen to other shows in the syndicate, and uh, maybe donate to that Patreon with, with the, the Patreon button. Button. Um, you can also go to patreon.com slash podcast. You can donate there. Hey, if there's any current Patreons that aren't getting your stuff, I got a lot returned. Um, oh, yes. So um, go update your addresses. I would love to tell you how. I'm not sure how I can look into it. But go update your address, addresses. <laughs> um, Sharon Hoffman, Brandy Rushton. Those were two of them. There's uh, there's like two more that got returned to. And I'm still getting Christmas cards back. Just now getting Christmas cards back. So, um, yeah, go update that. Let us know if you didn't get your stuff. And we will go from there. Uh, if you guys want to go check out our Patreon, you can go there too. We are... Taking the pledges from $1 to $75. Perks include lots of things, including stickers, keychains, lanyards, shirts, hoodies. And if you want to do the go straight to Patreon um, and you get your episodes early and you get them ad-free as early as we can get them to you. As soon as I get them done, that's where they go first. So if they're not that early, that's because, you know. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to get some merch without making a pledge, you can do that too. We have two different places. You can go to Threadless. Colormedeadpod.threadless.com. Or if you want things that are more personalized and some very special edition, you can go to LeGrawCreations.com. That was easy. Ding. That was easy. What about social media? If you guys want to check us out on social media, we are at Color Me Dead Pod on Twitter, Color Me Dead Podcast on Instagram, uh, the Color Me Dead Podcast page on Facebook. Maybe. If you want to, yeah. If you guys, <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to check us out, um, our individual profiles on Instagram, it's Gory underscore Nikki and at Color Me Dead Angel. Yes, we're there. If you guys want to email us anything, uh, send it to colormedeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us things in the actual mail to our fan box. We got some stuff in the fan box. We did get stuff in the fan box. Let's talk about it. Um, Sid 
Mayhew. Mayhew. Yes. City May. She sent us two hoodies each, which I love them. <clears throat> um, and they're very soft and very comfy. Oh, so thank are. you so much for that. They're like uh, springtime hoodies because they're not too thick. It's they're April, April 25th. Because <laughs> it's not too warm and it's not, not too, too cold. cold. And all, all you really need, need is a light jacket. jacket. <laughs> Fuck. So thank you very much for those. Um, and I got a fun little package from um, Kate and Andrew Sampson. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Um, I, I made sure to say thanks on Instagram, but wanted to oh, give you cool. guys a shout out and tell you thank you. Yes, we love. Oh, thank you. We love getting stuff in the fan box. In the fan box. I which... went and checked it, and I had a, it was a bunch of return stuff, and I was like, "Shit, damn it!" And then there was a key in there. I was like, "Oh!" And it's for one of the big ones, and there I was know. two big boxes in there. I was like, "Yes, Christmas!" I'm always walking out of there like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "See my fan mail because I'm popular." It's fan mail. Fan so you know. See this fan mail. And if you'd like to send us some of that there fan mail, send it to the Color Me Dead podcast at P.O. Box 1610, Vernal, Utah, 84078. Okay, episode number four, or uh, installment number four. There will be a number five just because of the amount that was left and the amount of time that we have to do it at this point, trying to keep them short so they can come out. More frequently. So, you're welcome. Sorry for those that don't like the... Parts. Parts. If we would have done a one part, it would have been like seven hours, and I ain't got fucking time for that shit. I have time for lots of little parts. (laughs) That was horrible. The books used for the research were the Dahmer book by Stephen Lampley, Stephen David Lampley, and A Father's Love by Lionel Dahmer. Um, I'm going to start off with a quote because that's kind of my favorite thing to do in this in this series. I think the only thing I'm capable of is destroying. I'm sick of destroying. I'm sick of being destructive. That was a quote he obviously said way, way later. Way later because in this episode he is very destructive and enjoying the fuck out of it. When we last left you, uh, Jeff just got one year in a halfway house. For that 13-year-old boy, remember, that he didn't actually, mm-hmm. he didn't mean to touch. Um, so he says, but we all know that he drugged him and all that shit. <clears throat> so I don't believe you, Jeff. I do not believe you that it was an accident. So before we start talking about all the victims today, the way he chose his victims was by going in and talking to them. So he'd go into his gay bars. Because we were talking about it, like, does he just walk up and offer somebody 50 bucks? Yes. 50 bucks is 50 bucks, right? <clears throat> yep. So I, I'm sure he did do that, but on a documentary I was watching, they said that he would go in and, like, start talking to people at gay bars and be like, so how did your family take it when you came out? How did your family take it? Were they accepting? Do you talk to them? So anybody that had an accepting family that was like, yes, my family's very supportive, they're okay with it, it was like, eh, you're, you're done on to the next because he wanted to find somebody whose family was not accepting of their lifestyle because that meant that more than likely they weren't talking and so they wouldn't be reported missing as quick because nobody would know that they were gone because they don't really have a support system right well we are at thanksgiving of 1989 he was given a 12-hour pass from his halfway house that he was living in. And he went to a bar in Milwaukee 
Because what else would you do if you're living in a halfway house for fucked up shit? Let's go to the bar. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're supposed to go home for Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Instead, we're going to go to the bar. He met an older man at the club, at the 219 club. And um, <laughs> at some point, he drank too many martinis and he passed out at the club. Because... Apparently, at the halfway house, you can't drink, so he couldn't handle well, his no, liquor. Well, that, no, that goes against the rules. <laughs> he couldn't handle his liquor anymore, but thought he could, so he drank too much and passed out. I don't even want to tell you some of the shit that I did while I was drinking. <laughs> even, like, at a younger age. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, dude, I got so fucked up on Cosmos that oh, um, I was throwing up mm-hmm. <clears throat> and pe- like girls were talking shit. They were like, Jesus Christ, I'm in the bathroom fucking hurling before 11 o'clock and all my friends are like, motherfucker, dude. Because Cosmos, right? They're supposed to be a bitch fruity drink. Those um, things are no fucking joke. And if you drink them like I'm sure you drink them like I did where it's like a, it's a shot. Um, <clears throat> those are, you're supposed to sip, not gulp. Nope. Um, nope. And I wondered why they came in such a small glass and they were only two mouthfuls because after three, I almost shit my pants while power vomiting in the bathroom. I did the same <laughs> thing. Because I'm a lady. Yes. I did the same thing when I lived in Colorado. Just I Just so those you guys things. know, I held my pinky out while I guzzled those fuckers. I did not. I slurped Holy and swallowed shit. fast as fuck because um, those will fuck you up. I would apologize to the people that was with me. That was with me. Holy them fuck. that was with me. Let's talk. Vernal. I'm not from Utah. From them that was with me. Gee gosh darn shucks. We was fuck. at the bar. We was at this club. Um, normally, I would apologize for my behavior, but fuck every single one of those people that I happen to be bar hopping with that night. I don't oh, like any of them good. anymore. Fuck you. And I hope you None threw up you. on their fucking shoes and peed on the rest because you can't throw up without peeing, right? I can't. I can't either. <laughs> anyway, speaking of throwing Jesus, up, we're nasty. People are going to probably be throwing up at some point during this episode. Nah. Just so you know. Anyway, so Jeff has passed out. When he woke up, he was hogtied and hanging from the ceiling in somebody else's apartment. Hmm. It was that older man that he had met at the bar. He was. <laughs> okay, so here's what happened to Jeff. The older man was taking a striped candle and putting it up Jeff's butt nice. while he was passed out, hogtied, and hanging from the ceiling. That's not nice. That's assault. That's fucking gross. We don't you do have that. met one of your kind, Jeff. <clears throat> Just saying. Whoops. Any one other than Jeff, I would feel bad. I, and I do feel bad for him-ish. Mm, not really. Not really. Because you did some fucked up shit. So Both I'm... of us? Meh, not, <laughs> not really. really. Well, when Jeff came to and the candle was in his butt, he starts screaming and asks the man to let him down. So the man finally lets him down. Jeff grabs his clothes and starts to leave. And the guy was like, wait, where are you going? Why are you going in a hurry? Can we talk about this? <laughs> and Jeff's like, Let's no. sort this out real quick. Yeah, let's let talk about what happened. You said yes. I heard it. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> You said who? <laughs> and I took it you and You said went. to blame. <laughs> thinking the exact same thing. I, like, <laughs> dude, no. No. That's fucking assault. Yeah. So um, he takes off, goes back. Well, this puts him late getting back to the halfway house. So he got in trouble. But 
a few days later, when he was a few days later, when he was taking a dump, he shit out a six-inch section of a candle. <gasps> oh my god! Two days later, <sighs> Jeff, you need to eat more fiber. How fucking far up there was that? I like, don't dude, know. you can only go. Jesus. Yeah, that is that's rough. So he did decide to just keep it to himself and not file a police report, which whatever, okay, I Jeff. Guess. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're busy like molesting, murdering, and fucking, you know what I mean? You probably don't want the cops to, like, have anything to do with you. Yeah. Even if you were the victim this time. You don't necessarily want to be much on their radar. Right. So, if you know... However, being in trouble for going back late was not a good thing for him. And on December 10th, he wrote a letter to the judge, and this is what it said. Dear Judge Gardner, my name is Jeffrey Dahmer. On September 20th, 1988, I was arrested in Milwaukee for taking pictures of a 13-year-old minor. On the sep- on September 27, 1988, I was released on mail from Mill looks like Mill County Jail on May 24th, 1989. After entering a plea of guilty in your court, I received my sentence. It was as follows: 1 year on work release at CCC and five years probation. I have, as of this date, served six months and four days of my sentence. Sir, I have always believed that a man should be willing to assume responsibility for the mistakes that he makes in life, and that is why I entered a plea of guilty to my crime of which I was charged. During my... During my stay at CCC, I've had a chance to look at my life from an angle that was never before presented to me. What I did was deplorable. The world has enough misery in it without my adding more to it. Sir, I can I can assure you it will never happen again. This is why, Judge Gardner, I am requesting from you a sentence modification modification so that I may be allowed to continue my life as a productive member of our society. Respectfully yours, Jeffrey Dahmer. Does he know what that means? I have a sneaking suspicion that he does. He just didn't ever intend to apply it to his own existence. Ever, ever, ever. The note, okay, note regarding letter to Judge Gardner. Jeff was talking about his situation to a fellow inmate at the House of Corrections, and this inmate suggested to Jeff that he write a letter to the judge requesting a change in his sentence. The inmate actually penned this letter for Jeff, and he simply copied it in his own handwriting. (laughs) Sounds like that inmate had several, um, I would say, experiences in which he had to pen these letters for himself. He was an experienced letter penner. A letter penner. Yes. So I like it. Yeah. It was actually pretty well written. It was. And that's how we know he did not write it. Just kidding. (laughs) But he clearly didn't get any more time for it because on May 13th, 1990, he rented that famous apartment number 213. It was only one block away from that last apartment that he had rented that he wasn't at for very long that he tried to take somebody back to because he still had the keys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That one. Not too long after he moved into his apartment, he met a black male named Raymond Lamont Smith, a.k.a. Ricky Lee Beeks, a.k.a. Cash D. I want an a.k.a. Do you know? 
Like Cash D? Hell yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was 32 years old, and and I believe Jeff is about 30 at this point, because he's born in 60, and we're in 1990, so he's 30. He did the $50 for a poke thing, you know. $50 for a poke. (laughs) And... Well, it was more like for pictures, but whatever. It, it all works out, right? Cash D agreed, and they went to Jeff's apartment. <laughs> Jeff, I'm, I'm curious how many of these dudes were gay for pay, or how many of them were actual homosexuals. Right. Like, it baffles. And as we continue... 50 bucks is 50 bucks. For real. And as we continue, it will continue to baffle. Like, I just don't fucking understand how this worked so easy. Am I missing something? Did Jeff <laughs> tell this story? Because I'm sure this Dude, is all from 50 his bucks confession. bucks is 50 bucks. When you need 50 bucks, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. It doesn't matter how you fucking get it. And after a night at the club, you probably need 50 bucks because you just spent all of your 50 bucks. I don't know. Anyway. I personally have never been in a position that I had to do hinky shit for 50 bucks no no god no well they went back to the apartment jeff gave him the murder coma cocktail and jeff stripped his clothes off once he fell asleep this was his maiden voyage in necrophilia he had thought about it and you know he wanted to do it before but it never really it never really happened but this time it did so once he um passed out he killed him then he had his way with the dead body and once he was finished he dismembered him he boiled it in soil x and rinsed the bones he kept the heart and the skull of this victim i feel like this is where we insert that famous quote that's on um last podcast on the left and their intro and that's when the cannibalism started (laughs) There it is. Yes. And this is where reality takes a dirty, dirty turn. Yep. He ate the heart. He later talked about how spongy it was. Oh, f- yum. Yum, I Jeff. know. I know that. Like, ugh. Like, I, all I, I can... knew that was coming. I just, dude, I don't eat organs. I am a carnivore. No. I eat a lot of meat. Yeah. I eat a lot of meat because fruits and vegetables want to murder me. And <laughs> that's part of having Crohn's. Um, I don't eat organs. I'll, only, I'll eat tongue. Only Spencer's. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Ping. Um, I will eat tongue, like lingua, like burritos and tacos. No. But when it comes to actual, like, livers and hearts, no. and, like, I know that it's supposed to be good, but, like, I can't no. bring myself to do it. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> no. No. All I can see is his face, you know, in his interviews where he's like so matter of fact and just like no feeling. He's like, it was really spongy. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, Jeff. Well, the remaining parts were dissolved in acid and in like an acid filled container. So he would put the body in the in the container full of acid, let it liquefy and then pour it down the drain. He painted this skull like he did the last one. If you remember on the last one, he painted the skull with like um, fake, was it granite type looking stuff? So it looked like it was fake, but it wasn't. A week later, Mm -hmm. 
he fucked himself over again. He made a lot of mistakes. And I wonder if he admitted to all these mistakes or if they came out later. But I wonder if in his confession he was like, and then the next week... <laughs> he took a dude to his apartment, but he accidentally drank the rum and coma. <laughs> and he fell asleep. His intended victim took $300 from him and bailed. Mark the drink, Jeff. Mark the drink. Don't take the wrong one. That's pretty funny. <laughs> like, you fucking roofied yourself, dipshit. It, you totally did. And he must have always... It, you know how certain people have a certain amount of cash on them at all times? Like, I had an uncle... I am not one of those people. I am not. I don't have any cash because if I have cash, I'm going to be like, look, I can buy that. I have cash. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. <laughs> I need it. I've got cash for it. This fucking thing that I absolutely don't need. Like, I had an uncle that always had $600 in his wallet, no matter what, just because. I don't know if he still does. It was a long time ago, but he always did. And I was like... Hmm. I'm lucky if I got $600 in my bank account, bitch. Why you got that in your wallet? <laughs> I do. My dad always, my, my stepdad, the guy that I call dad, he always had like a debit card. Yeah. He had credit cards and then he had like X amount of cash and then he had money fucking rat holed all over the place. So like when we were emptying my dad's house after he passed away, I was like, fucking shake all that Everything. shit. Look in all of it. Um, but he used to tell me all the time, like, if I make a purchase, like a big ticket purchase, I always use my credit card and then I just turn around and pay it off out of my bank account. And I'm like, then why not use your debit card? Because if I get scammed, then it's the credit card company's money and they'll fight to get their money back. But when it's your money and it comes out of your bank account, try getting your money back in a timely matter. Motherfuck if my pop wasn't right. So take take heed on that one. If you go to make a purchase... That like an online purchase or a big ticket purchase, always use a credit card because if you get fucked over somehow and you turn it over to the credit card company and you're like, hey, I'm filing a claim on that. That's their money. You're not obligated well, to pay shit. that. So that's why you don't ever do that shit that like I always use fucking PayPal right. so that I can like dispute it through PayPal. But I use my credit card. For like anything big ticket, and even if I'm buying like something from a person, I'll pay for it with my credit card through PayPal so that I can dispute it two different ways. But yeah, my dad was fucking smart, smart guy. Well, there you go. Just so as you know. Well, Jeff wasn't. No. Because he always got taken for 300 bucks. (laughs) Anyway, in June... Um, Jeff met a 27-year-old black male named Eddie Smith, a.k.a. The Sheik. Why does everybody Everybody's have got a AKAs? fucking pseudonym. They've also the, also known as... Uh, the Sheik. Except it's, it's not really a pseudonym. It's a fucking nickname. And Cash D and The Sheik. Like, I, help. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> he was six foot two, 170 pounds. Eddie had on a turban-like headdress and told Jeff that he used to be a dancer with the Milwaukee Ballet. That means he had some good damn muscles. His body tone was amazing. This time, Jeff offered money for sex. It wasn't for pictures. This time, it was for sex. They went back to the apartment. Stepping up his fucking 50 Mm -hmm. bucks is 50 bucks, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. $50 for a poke. They went back to the apartment and had oral sex. Is that light sex? I don't know. I still don't know. What is light sex? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, 
I'm starting to lean towards light sex is the like dry hump. Yeah. Like the over what could be considered mm-hmm. like over the clothes or like manual stimulation. I'm not yeah. even sure that that was like oral copulation, but light sex was more along the lines of like, we're going to rub our fucking tent poles together yeah. until we simultaneously fucking. We're going to kiss <clears throat> pole to pole, rubbing them together. She said and... pole to pole. <laughs> How do you sleep? Do you sleep pole to pole? Hold a hole. <laughs> Pull the hole? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. So, oral sex, and this is cue the rum and coma. Once he had passed out, Jeff strangled him. He took pictures as he dismembered his body. This time, he put some of the body parts in the freezer, trying to remove the moisture. He was, like, experimenting something new. But it didn't work, and a few months later... He ended up disposing of the parts that he had put in the freezer in some acid. Okay. The rest of the parts were put in the trash bags and set out for the trash pickup. I still can't get over that. Like, Well, all right. I feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer's trash man. Yeah. <sighs> How many body Dude, parts? He, he threw a lot of shit in the trash, in the trash. just willy-nilly. He did. Like... Like, I get uncomfortable Ugh. throwing away credit card offers that I didn't, like, shred. Right. Just in case somebody, like, finds that and decides to get a credit card in my name or, you know what I mean? Like, And he's I, just tossing yeah, body parts in the trash. Yeah, he's just tossing fucking trash. people and in the goddamn garbage. Like, thinking garbage. about it, you could put it in your dumpster, set it out for whatever. And how are they going to trace that to you? Besides, like, your handprints on the, on the trash bag. But you know what I'm saying? Like... If you were careful and you did it that way, would you get caught? Would Probably they find not. it? I don't like, know. maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. I'm not trying to give people ideas. It's just a, th- a thinking point here. Okay? Don't do it. Don't kill people. Don't kill people. Don't throw them in the garbage. No, don't put them in the freezer either because that doesn't work. It does not take out the moisture. Actually, it does with bread. So for those of you who are curious about keto bread and you don't like the texture of it, if you take it and you put it in the freezer and let it, like, you got to let it freeze all the way and then you pull it out and let it thaw, then it's just like white Wonder Bread. Just so you know. You can do the same thing to gluten-free bread. No shit. I always keep my gluten-free bread in the freezer just because I don't eat bread very often. And so I keep it in the freezer so it stays good longer. So I'll right. take it out. But yeah. you can actually like, so freeze it, pull it out. Let it sit. And let it sit. <laughs> but make sure that you don't like, don't put it in the sun and don't put it somewhere where it's warm because then you've created like the perfect storm for fucking mold. Of course. And keto and gluten-free shit molds exponentially mm-hmm. quick. Yeeper than other shit. Anyway, like, the point girl. being that your shit comes out the, the right texture of real bread. That's Good to know, but guess what? Your body parts don't. Body parts, not so much. Not smidge. I don't know. He didn't keep the skull to this victim this time. He later disposed of the pictures that he took as well. I'm not sure why. I don't know if he didn't like the pictures, if that was too much, too fast. I'm not exactly sure why he decided to get rid of everything, but he was completely gone. On July 8th, Jeff asked a busboy at the Phoenix Club named Luis Pinay if he would be interested in $200 for sex and pictures. He must have been... 200 Yeah, he got an extra book fitty. They went back to the apartment and had, finger quotes, normal homosexual sex. 
I am so confused about all the things sex. I thought I knew about sex, but I don't. I'm like really excited that this was just <laughs> normal homosexual right? sex. Right. But w- what is that though? Like where there's a know. top and a bottom and we cuddle afterwards? <clears throat> I'm not sure. A top and a bottom and we cuddle afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> Should we phone a friend? Because <laughs> I feel to- like we, we have enough homosexual friends. Okay, wait. Which one are we going to phone? Because I know normal oh my God. homosexual sex to one of our friends. Right is not the same as the other. Mm. I feel like this is a trick because any one of our homosexual friends, male, yes, that we call is going to say some fucked up shit. Right. For sure. For sure. For fucking sure. I was thinking of one in particular that I've seen his butthole in a picture on accident on his phone. Don't scroll through people's pictures. Yeah, no. Anyway... Jeff also took pictures of this guy, but he tore those up afterwards because he didn't like them. He didn't like the pictures, so he was like, "Mm, no. Luis ended up staying the night with Jeff and left alive the next morning. Hey! What? So he must have actually had to pay him the $200. Like, sorry, Jeff, you're out. You got $50 a poke and a cuddle. Or, I mean, $200. Normal homosexual sex. Normal homosexual sex and a cuddle. And awesome. A live person leaving your house next morning. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) They had agreed to meet at 12 that day. Jeff assumed it was noon, but apparently he was wrong. Um, But he had decided in the meantime that this is going to be his next victim. He had run out of sleeping pills. And so he went and bought a rubber hammer because it was cheaper to buy the hammer than to refill his sleeping pills. So this All right. leads me to believe, to answer the question from the last episode, or like, where does he get them? I'm pretty sure it's a prescription that he has that he actually uses to sleep, but he uses extra on his little friends. Yes. Sounds like. Yeah, it was like $30 to refill the prescription, and it was only $7.99 from Rubber Hammer or whatever. What the fuck ever. Okay. And that's what he chose. He went to meet Louis at Louis at noon and he wasn't there. He went back at 2.30 a.m. and that's when he found him. They talked for a bit and Louis agreed to go back to the apartment with him. They took a cab but had the driver drop them off two blocks away from his apartment. And he pretended like he needed to go in and buy cigarettes or whatever. But the whole thing was just that he didn't want the cab driver to drop him off at his house and know where he lived. When they got there, they had sex. I don't know what kind of sex. Like sex, homosexual sex. Fucking Holy fuck. 69. I am not sure what the hell they did. But they took more pictures <clears throat> at that point. During the pictures, Jeff had Luis lay on his stomach. And when he did, Jeff hit him with a hammer. Because he was like, here, pose like this on your stomach. Mm. And he did. So he hits him on the hammer. Or on the hammer with a Hits head. him on the hammer. Right. It's him, like, at the base of his head, like, by his neck to try to knock him out. And it didn't work. He didn't do his research on knocking a folk out. He just pissed off Luis, and they ended up getting into a fight. Jeff was trying to convince him that he just wanted to knock him out so that he couldn't leave. And so that he could take more photos with him. Okay. Whatever. Mary. Uh, Luis didn't believe this story. He left, threatening to call the police, but ten minutes later, there was a knock at the door, so Jeff's like, fuck. Fucking cops. 
No. It was fucking Lu- police. Yes. But it was Luis. They sat and talked through the rest of the night, and at 7 a.m., he walked Luis to the bus stop, and they didn't see each other again until, like, the next March when they just casually ran into each other at the mall, had some small talk, and left. So, that's fucking weird. Can you imagine what what that guy thought after all this? was like, Jesus fucking Christ, I was going to be a Dahmer filet. Me. No. Around this time, Jeff got a security system. There was an alarm on his door, but a fake video camera that he put in the living room. I still don't know why fake. Why? Why? I don't know. What? Hmm. Is it in case he roofies himself again so the dude will (laughs) think that he's videoing him? I don't Uh... really know. Well... He apparently laid low for a bit after this because the next victim wasn't until September of 1990. Uh, His name was Ernest Miller, and he was a dancer from Chicago that was in Milwaukee visiting his family for Labor Day. On September 3rd, the pair met in front of a bookstore. Jeff offered him the Jeffrey special of $50 for some pics, and Ernest took it, and they went back to the apartment and had sex. Again, okay. I don't know what kind of sex. I am so confused. Jeff started mixing the coma concoction, but realized that he didn't have enough sleeping pills, so he decided to mix the drink anyway. Your planning sucks, Jeffy. My name is Jeff. <laughs> My name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't stay under near as long as Jeff was hoping that he would, so he made the decision to cut Ernest's throat with a six-inch hunting knife. But that's when I wanted to say, that's not a knife. This, this is, is a knife. knife. Like, they're making it sound like a six-inch hunting knife is big. Come on. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, the blood spatter, this is a side note, the blood spatter that was on Jeff's mattress when he was arrested, which I'm sure everybody has seen the fucking pictures of the fucking nasty mattress, but all that blood spatter was his. It was, wait, who are we on? Ernest. Um, cause he cut him right in the karate artery. In his karate yeah, artery. It's karate. What did I call it the one day? A cartoid? <laughs> uh, yeah, a cartoid. <laughs> you know what kind of artery it is. I can't say the word apparently. Um, once he was dead, Jeff took a bunch of pictures of him and began to dismember his body. He took him to the bathtub to do so just like he did back at grandma's house. He disposed of the skin and the other tissue, but he kept the biceps, uh, the heart, and the skeleton. I have like the, the pukey slobbers a little bit. We call those the pre-puke slobbers. Uh-huh. Um, he also kept pieces of the thighs, okay. which he ate immediately. Me, me. And the rest was liquefied in Soilex and more than likely dumped down the drain. While he was dismembering this particular body, he was talking to the decapitated head. Okay. He even kissed it. He must have really liked this guy because he spent a lot more time and effort with this dude. Um, He kept the head in the fridge, like the whole head. Mm-hmm. In the fridge for a while, but then later he bleached it and painted it and does all the things that Jeff does with heads. But I wonder, like, over time, 
if he would like open the fridge and talk to it or like kiss it or uh, I don't know. I don't like it. All I can think of is American Psycho right now. And he's got the head in the freezer. In the uh-huh. fr- yeah. The- he thought, okay, going back to him eating the thigh, he thought the thigh was really tough. So he decided to buy a meat tenderizer so he could beat his meat. Like literally beat the meat that he's going to eat with a meat tenderizer. You know. He used it on the biceps and thought it tasted like a filet mignon. Well, okie dokie. Do you think he wrapped bacon around it or no? God, I hope not. Fucking yum. So while I was writing this, I decided that it was a good idea to have a pulled pork sandwich. How was it? I didn't eat it. (laughs) I went to go take a bite and I was like, (laughs) nope. As I'm thinking about beating on a bicep to get it all soft to make it a fucking filet mignon. Oh, fuck off. I'm gonna throw up. You're gonna have to slow cook it, dude. You can't just like. I know that some things you can beat with a mallet and make it nice and tender, but like. (laughs) 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 Curculin's signature chicken. But most things have to be uh, slow cooked. I'm just saying. Like marinate that shit. Like let it, you oh know. My fucking gross, Come dude. on. <laughs> when I was Googling something about Jeffrey Dahmer, something came up that said, did Jeffrey Dahmer use spices? <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. I was like, no. I don't want to know the answer. I'm not even going to click on that shit. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah, I do. I do want to know. I really do want to know. I do want to know. <laughs> So due to the amounts of body parts that were just chilling out in this apartment, it smelled awful. The neighbors were constantly complaining about it, and the people who lived above him actually moved out because of the smell. Someone else slipped him a note under the door to tell him that his apartment stunk. Excuse me, sir. Pardon me, neighbor. Thanks. Fucking ew. He didn't waste a lot of time after that murder, though, because on September 24th, he met another black male named David C. Thomas. They met at the Grand Avenue Mall, and as you guessed, I'm sure, Jeff offered him money to go back to the apartment with him. The two drank and talked, about, talked but they did not have sex. Um, I can't even imagine sitting in that apartment trying to drink and have a conversation with the smell. Mm. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Why does your apartment smell like fucking feet and farts? Harley Quinn, nice to meet you. What's your perfume? The stench of death? <laughs> or whatever she right? says. I love your perfume. What is that? The stench of death? That's uh, Dahmer's apartment. Yes, it is. So... <laughs> Anyway, Jeff gave him uh, one of his little death cocktails, and after David passed out, he decided that this guy wasn't his type. David C. Thomas was not his type. But he murdered him anyway because he didn't want him to wake up and be mad at him. So he was like, well, you're, you got to die, but you're not going to die the good way. You're just going to die. You're just, you know. He dismembered him but did not keep any parts of the body. He took pictures of it as he dismembered it, including pics of the head, which were later used to identify the victim. Luckily, 
the one they used to identify was an earlier one before you could really see any injuries on it. So the family didn't have to see a full crime scene photo. Well, that was nice of him. Yeah. After that murder, he took a break for a while. He thought he had lost his touch of seduction. <laughs> Apparently $50 was not enough anymore. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's because he was so fucking creepy. God. Jesus. Well, this is <clears throat> when he purchased his aquarium. Um, it was like early 1991-ish when he bought the aquarium. He didn't get his dream of going to college or going in and then going into real estate from college, which nothing but he got that aquarium so two out of three ain't bad right yeah i wonder if you did have to go to college to get your realtor's license back then maybe i'm just making fun of him without knowledge (laughs) facts and whatnot but i still think it's funny that i should have gone to college and been a realtor or gone into real estate and got an aquarium gotten into i like how that's how you know that you're successful and happy the aquarium. Uh, so on February 18th of 1991, Jeff ended this dry spell that he had. He met Curtis Daryl Strotter. He was 18 years old and they met at the bus stop. Curtis took the $50 and went back to the apartment with Jeff. He gave him the rum and coma and then they had oral sex. So Curtis soon passed out and Jeff strangled him with a strap until he was all the way dead. Once all he the way? Was, all the way dead. All the way He's dead. He's mostly dead, not all dead. There's a difference. Jeff began the dismemberment. He took pictures and then kept his hands, his junk, and his skull. He put him in acid, the rest of the parts in acid, and then the, poured the liquefied human sludge down the drain. Ugh, I got the pukers again. Dude. I don't like it <laughs> at Fucking, all. He's getting... He's fucking taking a book out of yes, Hague's John book. Hague. Yeah, John Drake. Yeah, because he had the Hague. Hague. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, we're gonna redo that episode later. It was a, an earlier one that was removed, but we'll we'll get to it. We'll give it a good shot. Like we can barely put out, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. Heck. So yeah, they'll probably come in form of. This week's episode. (laughs) And then it will go back to, oh, actually, this is episode number nine. Sorry. But, you know, it'll get there. April 7th, Jeff met Errol Lindsay. He was a 19-year-old black male. He was at the bus stop when Jeff went up to him and offered him the $50 special. Errol accepted, and they went to his apartment. The Yuffie special. The Yuffie special. I bet you can't guess what happened next. Um, they had normal homosexual sex and cuddled? No. Well, shit. Rum and coma. Rum I and mean, coma. There, you never know which order we're going to go in, but it's all pretty close. When he passed out, <laughs> uh, Jeff slobbed on his knob. Good. Corn on the cob. <sighs> no. No, no, no. You really had to bust out 3-6 Mafia. It did. <laughs> Um, then he drilled a hole in his head. So he was passed out. He was not dead. He was just passed out. He drilled a hole in his head with like a power tool drill Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then poured the muriatic acid into his brain hole. Um, so what he was getting at here is that he wanted to keep him alive, but not alive enough to have his own thoughts. He wanted a zombie that could 
that would do whatever he wanted. I don't know why he thinks that muriatic acid in a brain is going to be like an, an instant, oh, Jeff, you're my owner. I'm going to do whatever you want, but I'm going to do it with no emotion. I have no idea. Because generally, if you put things in a person's brain, the body generally doesn't respond well. No, and it's definitely not going to just do whatever you want. But whatever. Maybe he did research. Maybe. I don't know. But you know. Um, Errol woke up, though, and said he had a headache. Gee, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. So Jeff drugged him some more and then decapitated him once he passed out. He did all their regular dismembering, but with this particular fella... He used a small kitchen-like paring knife and removed all of the skin from the body. So he totally skinned this guy. It's called flaying. Uh, to skin him? Yeah, flay. F-L-A-Y. I don't flay. like it. It took him two hours. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, <laughs> you just got Ramsied. Oh, all right. He also kept the skull... Um, but he didn't paint the skull. I think he just like boiled it, cleaned it up, and kept it, but didn't paint it. He tried to keep the skin. Any guesses of how he tried to keep it? Oh, hmm. He put it in like cold. stamp collection. <laughs> he put it in cold water. Listen, Jeff, how are you going to keep water cold? While you're at work, did you just add ice every day and try to keep it cold? In the refrigerator. Uh, do you think he's that smart? Because all it said was cold water. So maybe he did put it in the fridge. I didn't think of that. I was thinking, you moron. <laughs> I don't know. As did you, you said it in front of the uh, AC unit? I don't know. It didn't Called work. Called it a day? Yeah, it didn't work, though. So after a few weeks... He disposed of the skin. Um, so here's a little fun side story. He was low on cash, so he pawned that hunting knife that he was using to cut up his victims. He got $10 out of it. He ended up going back for it two weeks later. So I wonder how the pawn shop guy felt about that, knowing that he had the knife that Jeff used to cut up. I don't know how many bodies at this point, but I would say 10. I don't remember what several we're on. Several. 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 And he had it sitting in his... <laughs> sitting in his pawn shop for two fucking weeks with the people on it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But, yeah. With the DNA on it. With the DNA. DNA. On May 24th, 1991, Jeff saw 31-year-old Tony Anthony Hughes. I guess they had previously dated, so they, like, knew each other, bumped into each other. Tony was in front of the 219 bar. I don't know if it's called the 219 or the 219, but whatever the hell it is. That bar. When they ran into each other. Tony was deaf and mute, but he could read lips and write so they could communicate. Jeff offered him $50. We're back down to 50 Back down to 50 The Only the one got the two on it. 
So Tony's mom later said that she didn't know why he accepted the offer of $50 because he had several hundred dollars in his pocket at that moment. So he didn't need $50. So maybe he still liked Jeff. I don't know. Perhaps. And just wanted to go hang out and that was an excuse. I don't know. At the apartment, he was given the sleeping cocktail. And uh, then Jeff tried the hole in the skull bit. (laughs) And he injected the muriatic acid into the brain. Once again, trying to make a zombie to mind his every command. Tony never woke up. Jeff got irritated, strangled him, I guess, for a double tap. Because I don't know if he was still breathing or if he needed to finish him off or whatever. But he didn't have <clears> sex <throat> with him. He, they No sex, no after knobber, nothing. He just kept his skull and spine but disposed of the rest later. Me, me. Later. Remember the later. Later. Um, <clears throat> now he's going to make a huge age jump with this next one. Tony was 31, okay? Jeff is 31. This boy was 14. He's the most controversial one. And his name was Conorak Synth- <laughs> Synthasmophone. It's a long last name, and I, I really did practice saying that one, but mm-hmm. I'm never going to get it right. The two met in front of the Grand Valley Mall on May 26, 1991. Jeff was leaving and saw Conorak heading to the mall, like heading into it. He thought he was cute, and he just started talking to him. Struck up a conversation. Again, $50 is $50. 50 bucks is 50 bucks. Really? Because he left with Jeff to go take the pictures. Hey. Dude. Stop. You don't need your picture taken that bad. That guy does not need to take your picture that bad, and $50 ain't that much. But it was. And you're not going to get it anyway because you're going to die. So think of it that way. $50 or uh, no $50 or death. I don't know. Well, Tony Hughes was still dead on Jeff's bedroom floor because this was only two days after he had murdered him. So, yeah, when he didn't wake up from the brain drill and then he strangled him, he just left him on the floor. Um... When they got to the apartment, Conorak stripped down to his undies and Jeff took pictures before giving him a coffee with the sleeping pills. Whoa, coffee, rum, and sleeping pills. So he got a little, he got his switched up a touch. They were watching videos together and when Conorak passed out, Jeff had oral sex with him and then drilled the hole in his skull. Jeff continued to watch videos and, and fell asleep as he was waiting for Conorak to come back to and try to make his zombie or whatever. He was out of beer at his apartment, and of course that wasn't acceptable. So he left Conorak on the couch while he went to the bar. And he stayed at the bar till it was closed. Well, while Jeff was off at the bar, Conorak had came to at the apartment. He stumbled out into the street naked with a hole in his head. Uh Jeff was coming home around the time that he found Conorak surrounded by a bunch of women outside trying to help him. They couldn't understand what he was saying to them. Jeff told the ladies that he was drunk and then tried to take him back to his apartment. 
At this point, the fire trucks and police cars started showing up out of nowhere. They were like, real, real, because those ladies had clearly already called the police. They're like, there's a naked boy with blood dripping out his head, and he can't fucking say a sentence. Help. Well, one officer wrapped Conorak in a yellow blanket and was, like, trying to question him, I believe, but he couldn't really talk. Didn't he also have blood coming from his... His head. Oh, yep. From his backside. I think so. It doesn't say in... This. Because he... There was there was mm-hmm. signs of actual, like, sexual abuse. Yes, I remember. Yeah, this, this kind of contradicts a few things, so I'm just going off of what Lampley says. And maybe next week we might add to... But yeah, in the... Was it Amazon that had the documentary about it? Not yeah. too long ago, like a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, they came out with a big one about it. And I watched that one. Yeah. And they said that he was bleeding. But at first they didn't like the ladies on the street didn't even notice that he was bleeding from his head until I think it was like after the cops got there that that the I don't know. I watched it two years ago, so I don't remember. But the women that were there were really upset about this whole situation. And um, they they were talking to Jeff. And they wanted his ID, so he gave him the work ID, his work ID from the chocolate factory, because that's all that he had. And he gave a fake name for Conorak and said he was 19. He said, John, here's the fake name that he gave them, because he's so creative. Jeff and John. John was his lover. Keep it simple. Yes. And he had been drinking very heavily after an argument. John had been. The officers walked the pair to Jeff's apartment because they're like, well, we're going to see. Are you guys really a pair? Are you really a couple? And Jeff showed them the pictures that he had taken earlier. And Mm. that like solidified, oh, okay, I guess you guys are a couple. Because only couples take naughty pictures. Naughty pictures. Yes. So... My, won't those police be surprised in the year 2021 when Tinder's just full of random butthole shots? <laughs> right? Everybody's seen everybody's hoo-hahs and buttholes, and they're not couples. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, the officers noticed a bad smell while they were there. I'll bet they did. They briefly looked around, and they even looked in his room, somehow missing the decomposing body on the fucking floor. How do you just, was there clothes on it? Because I know, I, I know that boys' bedrooms are fucking yucky. Right. Fortunately, my my boy, my son, is a relatively clean human being. And you would notice a body on the floor? He keeps his shit picked up pretty well. But, like, how do you not see a fucking body on the floor? Yeah. Like, I... Did you think that smell was gym socks? Was it the cum towel? Like, what did you think that you fucking was? a lot of crispy socks laying around here, sir? Fucking yucky. I don't know. But they missed it. Either way, the officers left and left Conorak with Jeff, believing that they were a couple and they were just having a drunken lover's spat. So Jeff drugged Conorak again. Once he fell asleep, he... um. Strangled him, gave him oral sex, and then had anal sex with him. Okay. So I don't know if maybe he did the oral sex and anal sex before. 
I don't know if the timelines got messed up, you know, from documentary to this book, because I do remember them saying that in the documentary about him looking like he had been raped. But I don't know. I'm going to look into it more. I'll see what I can find before next week. He now had two dead bodies in his apartment that needed to be taken care of. And that's a lot of work right there to deal with. So he took the day off of his actual job on May 28th, two days after he had killed Conorak, but four days after he had killed the first one. He took the day off to take care of the bodies. During this time, while he's got two decomposing bodies sitting in his fucking house, the neighbors are really, really, really complaining of the smell. He kept saying it was either the fish tank or he would be like, well, my freezer keeps dying and there's meat in there and the meat's going bad and I haven't taken care of the meat yet. So like, bitch, right? while the rest of us are trying to choke down a slice of fucking oxygen in this motherfucker, you are going to just let your nasty freezer just sit there and be gross. Like, take care of your shit, dude. Handle your fucking business, chief. Um... On his day off, he dismembered and disposed of the two bodies the same way he usually did and kept both of their skulls. Conorak was reported missing. And the the shitty part about this is that one of the ladies that had tried to help him that night called in and said that they saw him. They thought that it was him. They're like, oh, we think we saw him this night, blah, blah, blah. And nobody ever looked into it. Could have been done there. Could have been done right there. Because they had Jeff. They they had his fucking ID. You know why they didn't? Because they weren't sure? Or because he was a homosexual male? Mm. I don't know. And also a minority. Yeah. Like, fucking double whammy. Two things that white America just didn't give a fuck about then. And... Right. It you know you've got oh homosexuals fucking yucky, and they were like didn't want to handle that. And then you also have a minority, and I'm sorry, but like fuck, dude. Like look at the look at the current situation in 2021 with all the Asian hate and hate crimes. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like back then it was for real double whammy. Those cops looked at that situation. They were like ew yeah. on you and they didn't give a shit. Right. I got other shit to deal with right now. For and real? I don't give a shit about that. Oh, and if you'll notice horrible. like going through um, most of his victims were not white. Exactly. I so think it was it's, just a couple in the beginning. It's the rest. literally like the, the cops, most of the cops, I'm not saying all of the police, most of the police back then probably looked at that and they were like homosexual minority no thanks sorry yeah fuck Mm -hmm. but um so i'm gonna leave it right here for this week right here is where we're gonna leave it it's there's a lot that's going to come into the next one a lot more and it's nasty i don't know about you but i've had enough pre-puke slobbers for today oh are you done um, if I have lost weight in the next week, you will know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I can't fucking eat anything because I go huh! every every time. So until next week, always use a meat tenderizer and uh, stay, stay out, out of chalk, chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.